You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, February 13th, 2022, entitled The Beatitudes, Gratitude, and the Story of St. Valentine. This weekend has been very active and busy here at the parish, which is a good problem. Sometimes we do kind of run into each other. We had two Valentine's dances this weekend. We had a baptismal class yesterday. We had confirmation classes yesterday. We also had first confessions uh, yesterday as well. So it's wonderful to have that problem of kind of a, a busy parish, but kind of running into each other. It can be a bit clunky and disjointed but it is a good problem. But the most powerful part of yesterday was the, was the sacrament that took place of first confessions. Now, hearing first confessions from second graders is always very remarkable. Because <laughs> they come in here terrified and they leave totally relieved. But, you know, when first communicants, I'm sorry, uh, first penitents go through their first penance, even adults, and they haven't been through the regular rhythm of confession, like hopefully most of us are used to going to confession, and you have a nice smooth rhythm of it, it can be just that, again, clunky and disjointed. They're not sure what to say next, what to do next, not sure when the confessor sins, but we get them through it. But yesterday, a young man came to a confession, a little second grader, and unsure, wasn't quite sure how to walk through it, but he did okay. He confessed his sins. I gave him a penance. Um, and then I raised my hand to absolve him, and he gave me a high five right, right there. So, um, so uh, brings up a question. You know what? What is a what is a high five here in this culture? Well, it's a sign of joy and victory. Is what it's a sign of. It's a sign of agreement. Gratitude and blessing. And that is the great challenge, I think, that, we, that Mother Church continues to give us, it seems like, each Sunday, Lent, Advent, to be people of gratitude and to recognize our blessings, our beatitudes, our beatitudes. So many of us are familiar with the beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus gives those nice little lists. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the clean of heart, blessed are those who mourn. It's a nice little list of beatitudes, of blessings, of happiness. He doesn't say, blessed are Christians because their lives will be easy. He doesn't say that. Actually, says just the opposite. But there are blessings that come with discipleship. In today's reading, the Gospel of Luke, he says it in a different little way. It's called the Sermon on the Plain. We adds a few beatitudes, and then he adds those woes as kind of warnings. We won't go through all of them because each of them are their own, I guess you could say, sermon. But he has a nice little list of the blessings of discipleship. What is the blessings of discipleship? The kingdom of God is yours. That you will be satisfied ultimately. That you will laugh. And here's the most powerful one that I think is in the Gospel of Luke. If you are persecuted for your faith, you should leap for joy. And because your reward is great 
in heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. As maybe in a small way that high five is a glimpse of what hopefully will happen to all of us when we see the Lord, when he says, come and share your master's joy. But if we are honest, I think many of us have never really called ourselves disciples of Christ. There's a whole denomination that kind of hijacked that name. But as Christians, we are disciples of Jesus, not just members of a church, not just members of a community. That's true. But we are disciples of a person, of a person. So what is the, our Christian lives are sometimes, however, I would argue, a little clunky and disjointed. And so what does that look like? Well, we, sometimes we pray now and then. We'll pray when we get to it. That's clunky. That's not rhythmic. We go to confession here and there when we have a chance sometimes. But I think oftentimes we have a clunky and disjointed faith when we compromise our faith because we live in a world that equates religion with superstition. It does. It relates it relates equates religion with superstition. So it brings up kind of a heavy question. There's lectures on this online. You can look at it. Even Mary Hardin Baylor has a class on world religions, and they lump Christianity in there. Well, let's bring up a question. What is religion? What is it? The word itself, religare, just means to bind a series of ideas and beliefs that binds you to other people. People play sports religiously. But I think there was a famous rabbi who said, religion is man's answers to ultimate questions. And I think that's true. What is the meaning of our life? What are we as persons? What makes us different than the plants and animals? What are we meant for? What is our telos, our end? What is it meant for? But I would say also there are some religions, Taoism, Buddhism, if you're familiar with those, they make no mention of God. Some of them make no mention of the afterlife. And in many ways, they're kind of like a philosophy instead of a religion. And keeping that in mind, I think there are some political ideologies, Nazism, communism, where they encourage the worship of a state. It's a type of religion. It is, because it binds them together in their ideas. But we would say what makes Christianity different from all of them is our religion is about a person, a divine person. And just saying that seems like an opposite. We believe that God became man, became one of us, took on flesh. And that alone should give us great beatitude, great blessing, great happiness. But hopefully that our religious life amongst the world of chaos is not clunky and disjointed. Hopefully we have a regular rhythm of prayer, a regular rhythm of practice in our spiritual life. You know, when we interview a couple who wants to get married, you have to do this interview. You have to ask them a bunch of yes or no questions. And the second question, the first question is, do you agree to answer all questions truthfully? Most people say yes. But the second question I ask them is, are you a regular participant in the practice of your faith? 
and I'll sit there with my pen and I look at them and wait for the answer. And if they're honest, they'll say, what do you mean? Well, do you practice your faith? What does that mean? It's a good question. It's a good question. Is religion just a belief system or it is a way of life? So we have these beatitudes, blessings we're asked to know. So I guess I would give sort of your homework, something to think about in your married life and, and Christian life. You know, the, today is Mother Church has named this, John Paul II named this World Marriage Day. World Marriage Day. And I, and I think of, you know, World Marriage Day, that's WMD. Same term we use for uh, weapons of mass destruction. It is, but World Marriage Day, celebrating marriage, I think it could be a weapon of mass destruction for evil, for poverty, for everything that ails us. That is a weapon of mass destruction for sin. And you have that, those of you who are married. But I think in your families, in your marriages, I think, and what we'd, we'd like to do, we have a wonderful group here. I have a little, a little group that I, not just my pastoral council, finance council, but I have an evangelization committee. Deacon is on that part of that evangelization committee. Well, we talk about how do we evangelize people? What are the things we can to ask, encourage them to do, even in their own homes? And looking at the Beatitudes, one of the things we came up with, I would encourage you in your marriages and in your family, make your own list of family Beatitudes. What are the blessings? Because if you don't write them down, you'll forget them. What are the blessings in your marriage? What is the blessings in your children? To write your own beatitudes. We came up with a few here and I'll share them with you um, that maybe you can adopt. These are the ones we came up with, some of them. Blessed are you when you make your bed for you reduce the stress in the home. Okay. Blessed are you when you spend time with your children for you will be blessed with time. That's very powerful. Blessed are you when you spend time with your children, for you will be blessed with time. Blessed are you who pray with and for your spouses. You will change the world. Sounds very lofty. I think it's true. Blessed are you who pray with and, and for your spouses. You will change the world. You'd be surprised how your little world will change. And one more here, I don't know how this got in here, but it says, blessed are you who are raising teenagers for your cleaning out purgatory. <laughs> but I, I don't know, did you, did you, was that you? Was that, was that you? I don't know who put that in here. Um, but they're a challenge to grow in gratitude. And I think gratitude has to be a decision because there are lots of things out in the world that you can get, lose your joy. You can lose your joy for the great blessings in your life. So one of the blessings that we will celebrate tomorrow, so a quick catechesis on St. Valentine's Day. For those of you who know, you look at your calendar, St. Valentine's Day is not on the calendar. That's what the secular world still celebrates. It used to be on the, the Catholic calendar. So what happened was there are three sections, well, Italy was not always one country. It was a series of city-states, it was not always one country. And there was a cult of St. Valentine. 
But evidently, there's three different parts of the region that are fighting over who has St. Valentine. That we have three different graves with his name on it. And just like parents, when you have children fighting, what do you do over one toy? You take it away. Well, Mother Church pulled St. Valentine off the calendar and put St. Cyril and Methodius in there. So despite those three communities who are still fighting over who has St. Valentine, it is a fair question. Who was St. Valentine? Was he some Romeo lover guy? No, he was a priest. He was a priest and it cost him his life because he stood up for marriage like John the Baptist, like St. Thomas More. So what happened? There was a region of what we would call Italy now that there was a king who had an army that he thought was clunky and disjointed. Why was it clunky and disjointed? Because the men kept leaving who got married. There was a law that said if you're married or you just get married, you don't have to serve in the military. And that was breaking up his armies. So what did he do to solve that problem? He made marriage illegal. He made marriage illegal. Well, that goes against our Christian faith. So St. Valentine, to his credit, started marrying couples in secret. He started marrying couples in secret, and that got him in trouble. Long story short, he got caught and put in prison. But he used to visit with his couples, and they would come visit him. And he used to write them letters, and he would always sign it in a way that we still kind of use today. He would say in Italian, amore su Valentino, love your Valentine. Love your Valentine. Now, it cost him his life. We celebrate him today because he stood up for marriage. And now he is a saint. And I think of him today because hopefully we priests, clergy, defend your marriages. Real marriages. Because I hope to see St. Valentine one day. And I hope he gives me a high five for, giving, for continuing his work that cost him his life. Will it cost me my life? Probably not, but I don't know anymore. Probably not. Because he took a blessing. He knew that marriage was a blessing even though he was celibate. So what does gratitude bring? What does beatitude bring? Well, to your families and to your marriages, first thing it brings is peace and order. Hopefully, it works on the clunky and disjointed parts of our life. It brings it in, and then what happens? It brings justice to the community, even if it's just your little community. And it makes us better disciples. It makes us better disciples of Christ. Because we want to one day also see the Lord. So I would say to all of you who are married, those of you who have families, when you start to make your own list of Beatitudes, to recognize how much you have and how much God has given you, you'll find that your married and family life will become more rhythmic and smooth even though the outside world is not. And when you find peace and justice becoming more an essence of your family, I would encourage you, no matter how awkward or funny it feels, especially you husbands and wives, it's okay every once in a while to give each other a high five. Thank you.
You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gisaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and whichever podcast player you're listening to so that you can be reminded whenever new episodes drop.